0: No, 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 vitamin A. <laughs> who has? The receptors are like, but who thinks about us? <laughs> is anyone thinking, are you okay receptors? Do you want all these retinoids? Okay, welcome back everyone. This is the Chemist Confessions podcast, a human conversations on all the skincare science we talk about. I'm Gloria. I'm Victoria. And this week, our burning question of the week is, is retinol with an A better than retinol? With an O.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was perfect. We didn't revisit that
0: at all. (laughs) Yeah. So um, for those of you new to the podcast, Victoria and I are cosmetic chemists, and we're here to give you kind of a scientific look at these questions that you may have about these popular skincare ingredients. This year, the podcast is going to be a much more focused look on these ingredients. We're going to talk about what they are, and your questions about them, and if there's any scientific evidence to back these questions up. So let's get right into it, and let's talk about what is retinol.
1: Yeah, so retinol, you'll also hear it as retinoldehyde. It's just another vitamin A ingredient. Basically why it's starting to get a lot of press is because people are realizing that retinol only needs one conversion to Mm. turn into retinoic acid versus retinol, which it needs two. Um, and because of this, um, there's been a lot of questions about, wait a second, why aren't we using retinol more yeah. in cosmetics?
0: In fact, I think we've noticed a lot more new products come out the market with retinal and you'll hear claims like, 10 times more potent 20 than retinol. <laughs> yeah, why stop there 30 <laughs> times? At <laughs> practically the same with stretinoin. Um, <clears throat> But... It's actually been around for many, many decades. Yes. And you might be wondering why is a retinol more popular or comparable to retinol? And the reality is it's very unstable. So unstable. Retinol is unstable. Retinol is like... Yeah, literally <laughs> wants to spontaneously combust. But... um. To highlight how unstable it is, I pulled a, a little older study on it, done back in 99. I can't believe I'm saying old study in 99. But this study kind of looked at right now and its potential treating acne or directly targeting the P. Mm-hmm. acne's bacteria. But the main takeaway is this little, little segment that I'll read for everyone. In preparation for this test, they needed to keep the retinal the reagent, in a stable condition. I love this. So this is kept, they said, and I quote, under argon atmosphere at 4 degrees Celsius for the in vivo study. Argon blanket's pretty intense. Yeah, it's super (laughs) good. Yeah, (laughs) ultra inert and at refrigerator level. And they're like please 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 just be stable for this please 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 just let me run my study really quick yeah and i've seen like retinal stability studies done on the frame of 24 hours yes so this might give you a little insight into just how why it's not very practical to formulate with right now
1: i think that's a good point to bring up because um if while we're doing our research and kind of brushing up on retinol mm-hmm. a lot of the research being done right now is actually just focused on stabilizing right yeah. so there's a lot of comparisons to pure retinol, mm-hmm. and the time length is amazing yeah it's like in 24 hours the bars of degradation are like <laughs> 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 and I think um, retinol has been around a
0: lot longer because it's just within a reasonable time frame where you can formulate with it. Just stable enough. Yeah, and much longer years of encapsulation work done too. But now they're trying to look at putting retinol also in some sort of encapsulation network so uh-huh. that's more stable.
1: Yeah. And I was just going to say, like, the the types of encapsulation yeah. is actually even more Intense. diverse than retinol right now. I think for the most part, retinol, I think, is probably in a pretty comfortable place, at least for us mm-hmm. um, seeing it on the kind of like ingredient side. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got the most interesting attachments from not just your classic liposomes to like cyclodextrin. They're doing mm-hmm. nano um, encapsulations. They're doing all sorts of things to try to stabilize this guy. So anyways, it's just. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One such technology, I kind of want to um, showcase to everyone here. This was done. And just to show you guys how new this stuff is, Mm. this paper came out, I believe, 2021 or maybe Mm -hmm. even 2022. It's like a double layer technology. It's not it's they go into the first layer of stabilization and then a second layer of stabilization. (laughs) And they compared it with just one layer and like a regular liposome and then the double layer protection with just right now. And you can see that the scale is at just 24 hours. And the retinol, the double layer protection is much, much more robust than the single layer protections. And you can tell from pure retinol that
1: after just 24 hours, degradation of almost 40% yeah (laughs) good and yeah gloria's i think what you describe is no joke like so they attach it to cyclodextrin Mm -hmm. then they further wrap it in a liposome so you've got double basically this like double encapsulation that has to happen Mm -hmm. and this is just stability so i think one thing we talked about in retinol was like just encapsulating doesn't mean that your work is over you're like have a product that's ready to put in cosmetics so now you stabilize it but now what, like, yeah. is it actually gonna be able to release? Mm-hmm. Um, does it continuously just stay in that thing and doesn't actually interact with the things you wanted to to give you those benefits? So that's just, they're literally just scratching the surface. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I threw in this like wrench into mm-hmm. this whole thing because I think we always talk about how, you know, we want these vitamin A stiff to um, interact with our retinoic acid receptors. Yep. Has anyone asked what even retinoic acid receptors are? Like, are they just like little grabby hands in our body that are like, no, 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 nom, vitamin A. <laughs> who asks? The receptors are like, but who thinks about us?
0: <laughs> Is anyone thinking, are you okay
1: receptors? Do you want all these retinoids? So I decided to look at retinoic acid receptors mm-hmm. and give everyone just a really quick bite-sized, bite-sized. Um... Seriously bite-sized. <laughs> There's a lot there fine-sized amount of science around this. So retinoid receptors, they are nuclear receptors that are found in the fluid of our cells. Um, and what's interesting is you guys might think that retinoic acid is started in cosmetics, but actually it's been studied um, because of vitamin A deficiencies. So it, and it actually, because of the receptors, they actually lead to a lot of really important biological functions. So that's from our eyes to our diaphragm, respiratory system, so because of that, um, they've looked at it for vision growth and development and also the not so great teratogenic effects on nice. pregnant women. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you remember that if you had listened to a Dapalene episode, Gloria had talked about how a only interacts with certain types of yep. receptors. All right. So there's actually six of them. Um, and there's ones that are classified as retinoic acid receptors. These are the RARs. And then there's a group that's called RXRs. These are called retinoid X receptors. And the reason why there's a difference is because, and I know you guys didn't ask for this, but I thought this was fascinating. This is, is fun, that, right, guys? Yeah, <laughs> only one, the retinoic acid receptors um, only interact with one type of retinoic acid. You're like, excuse me, there's multiple types of retinoic acid. Okay, if any of you took Orchem, you guys will know that um, there's different, um, I guess, uh, how do I want to call it? There's different rotations yeah. of the same molecule. The geometry of the molecule is slightly different. So one only takes one type and then the other takes two types. Mm. And fun fact all of the tretinoin you guys get is the trans retinoic acid.
0: That's why sometimes you'll hear all trans or trans retinol yeah. in the description as well.
1: Exactly. And so um, I guess the point of me sharing this is saying that, you know, I think in cosmetics we always talk about it and we always feel like, oh, this is strictly targeted to skin. It's not. It's actually so important that um, they've done a lot of really kind of sad animal studies to understand the mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are actually for survival, like these receptors are for our bodies to keep functioning. Um, So just keep that in mind. If you've always like, you hear it, you don't know where it is in your body. Now you know it's in all of your cells Mm -hmm. and there's different types and it's actually quite important. So that's
0: it. Yeah, So that's a little fun blip and that's (laughs) kind of the rundown of where we are in terms of, okay, now that we've gone right now to a more stable place, that's part of the reason why you're starting to see these in products. So after this little break, we'll dive right into the million dollar question. Is it better than retinol?
1: Ooh. Looking for a moisturizer that does it all? Check out our Mr. Reliable. We pack clinically tested, barrier-loving actives like ceramides, Lactobacillus, and Silly Marin, all into a lightweight, layerable texture that works well with all skin types. Yep,
0: I have really dry skin, but I actually really hate the idea that a lot of brands out there think, seems to think that we really like that thick, gunky, greasy, night cream, super greasy texture. (laughs) Yeah, I will love a lightweight gel that just, you know, feels good and does the job. And we really feel like as formulators, moisturizers don't have to be like that to work well. Mm -hmm. Mr. Reliable for me is the perfect texture to layer while still letting my skin feel like skin. So really superior barrier care just doesn't have to feel gross. So for all of our podcast listeners, please check it out and use the code CC Podcast 2024 for 15% off your first order. (sighs)
1: <sighs> All right. So the big million dollar question is retinol better than retinol?
0: You hear this. I feel like I've seen an increasing amount because brands are coming out with more retinol products. Yes. I'm seeing a lot of reels and a lot of, a lot of clips that says something along the lines of why would you use retinol when retinol is so much more effective? <laughs> it's up to 10 times more effective than retinol. It is practically prescription, <laughs> it's practically prescription strength. And it's um that's a very loaded statement, and and to be clear, um I think we briefly mentioned in both adapling and retinol episode that regulation wise, retinol is prescription, adapling is at both prescription and OTC levels, retinol is cosmetic, and let us be clear, retinol is also cosmetic, which means there is no regulated percentage it must be at it wasn't studied like a drug. So um yeah, let's debunk some of these. Marketing claims, I feel like it's getting wilder by the day.
1: I and I just want to preface before Gloria shares all the data that she found is like, I almost feel like the percentages are not quite dialed in as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the really hard part here. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. So the good news for us is that there actually is a comparative study between mm. retinol and retinol. And again, this is super recent. I think this paper came out in 2022. Mm. So in this Korean study, they had 23 volunteers, which is tiny. If you remember from our Noen and our dappling studies, those are at a minimum, maybe 40 and then 100, 200 subjects even. Um, so in this study, subjects start the first four weeks by applying 0.05% retinal on one side of the face and then 0.05% retinol on the other half of the face,
1: which is very little,
0: <laughs> yes. Point. Uh, remember the retinal episode. The retinal percentage we reference is usually point one to one percent. Yeah, with most of the tests being done point three and up. Yeah. So this is very very little retinal, and they're using equal amounts of retinal and retinol. So
1: right off the bat, they are not very confident yeah. in this
0: whole retinol being ten times more effective clay
1: I think it's tough because it's like you want it. You, like in good testing practices, one to one is helpful, but mm-hmm. then. It's not helpful here because, yeah, no one's actually using retinol at 0.05%. So that's tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then the second half of the test from week five to week eight, they level up to 0.1% of um, retinol on one side and then 0.1% retinol on the other side.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, (laughs) Let's
1: dive into the results. Yeah. So after eight-week application, um, they were actually looking for parameters um, such as wrinkle depth um, where they saw a significant improvement with retinal and retinol both Mm -hmm. sides Um, (laughs) they did see a significant increase in the retinaldehyde side in dermal density uh, where they're actually measuring the density of skin and uh That's really it. I think the point of this is to say that, you know, for the most part, these generally performed on par and there wasn't really a difference between the two. Um, They did mention that there's really no adverse events with both sides. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I guess it's a good, like, initial test.
0: Yeah, exactly. So for us, this is a very, very early study. Like Victoria mentioned in part one, we haven't dialed in on right now percentage very well here. So to say, oh, this. Performs on par with 005 percent retinol. Um, that steps up to 0.1% retinol. Super low. We we wouldn't expect this level to give super wow well results. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> yeah, like we wouldn't expect this level of retinol to give really dramatic results to begin with. Yeah. But retinol being theoretically stronger than retinol significantly, this is kind of a wonky test. We'll pull up some of the pictures from results here as well. Um, From their measurements, they uh, they like Victor mentioned, they looked at wrinkle depth, even skin hydration, skin elasticity. Things seem to be trending better. Mm -hmm. So on the top, you have the dark purple retinal group, and Mm on the bottom, you have the light purple retinal group. They seem to have the same trends, but looking at these charts, you have to like really squint and be like, (laughs) okay, like this is this is. I see a slight up increase in the bars yeah like i think elasticity is trending up wrinkle <laughs> depth has decreased point oh oh millimeters which again like they're using pretty sophisticated instruments that's mm-hmm. able yeah. to capture this this um in almost like this beginning of change coming mm-hmm. but i wouldn't expect this level to be perceptible by the users themselves
1: yeah that's a really good point and that's also why um they even have they will show the 3d imaging as well they have to have that highlight because an expert grader it's possible they cannot pick up that kind of improvement yeah, yeah. um but i think the point i i re- i'm really glad gloria found this because one it's a comparison mm-hmm. one and two it's a one-to-one mm-hmm. which yes is not helpful in terms of retinol but it also gives you an idea of okay Um, Everyone talks about the 10X, 20X. And I think we can say that claim should be further looked into. (laughs) Probably not super accurate. Aggressive (laughs) claim. Yeah, exactly. But that's not to say retinol isn't helpful. It's just the degree. right? Right, exactly. Cool.
0: So like we mentioned, retinol is so new in terms of mm-hmm. being looked at in clinical studies, especially these new encapsulated forms. We are not super dialed in on the percentage yet. Mm-hmm. So there is also a study, yeah. also a very new study, <laughs> done looking at 0.1% retinol versus 0.05% retinol.
1: Yeah. So in this study, um, they looked at, they tested on 40 female subjects um, and they were looking at the difference between a 0.1 retinol versus a 0.05 percent cream that we should mention has been used twice daily for three months yay a longer test (laughs) yes and twice daily i think is unusual so um this is actually put through some of the similar measurements so they're looking for crow's feet wrinkles um they're looking at skin hydration the melanin index and pigmentation and skin brightness Mm -hmm. um so after this three-month application um They did see that there was an overall improvement in uh, photo aging for both groups. Um, They did see significant improvements in texture. Um, They had reduced uh, tool, increased hydration, um, which yes, those correlate. And then uh, let's see, the only thing that we should mention is there was no statistical difference observed between the two groups. So to use 0.05% versus 0.1, they're basically saying, it's too close to call, it's too yeah, close to call. Exactly. The
0: only thing that might be a little bit better in the right now 0.1% <laughs> yeah. group is that it significantly improved melanin index. Uh, whereas you didn't get that result at a statistically significant level at the five group. But <laughs> this improvement is by 6.5%, which again, is it going to be perceptible by the naked eye? I don't really know. I feel like it's going to be one of those where like
1: I think I see a difference. Yeah,
0: like uh maybe it's a good yeah.
1: day. Maybe I got a of sleep. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> 8 hours of sleep later, I look
1: radiant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All in all, to say that um I think yes, we know right now can help with wrinkles mm-hmm. and skin texture, um but to what degree and how much you should be using I think that's all still, again, up in the air. And to throw another curveball, again, like encapsulation matters. So it's also very dependent on that. Yeah, exactly. Lots of mystery here. Uh,
0: I would like for this study, I'm just I'm also going to throw up the charts Mm -hmm. here. I love that they did a pie graph. And remember, we mentioned they throw a lot of numbers and percentages that's measured by instrument. Mm -hmm. But in the study, they also did a professional um, evaluator assessment. And you'll see the green, uh, the green in the pie chart is mildly improved. The purple is improved, like with like definitely see improvement. And then uh, blue is much improved and red is no change. None of the pie graphs have a much improved label mm-hmm. to it. A great majority, uh, mo- uh, more than 80%, like 70 to 85% of the people lies in a mildly improved bracket. Mm-hmm. This just shows you that when an instrument picks up a change that's on the level of 6 to 10% change, you're looking at a like a little improvement. So I just really want to put this pie chart up there for those of you wondering, yeah. like, what degree of benefits you're looking at.
1: Here. Yeah, that's a really cool find. And I also did like that side by side, they had a patient global assessment score. Mm-hmm. So they had subjects grade themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's actually quite similar in some ways, although they're probably a little bit more critical in a way, because um, probably the biggest difference is the mild improvement aspect um, is about 10 percent lower, 5 percent lower um, from the uh, expert grader. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I thought that was also a cool comparison to See. All right, Gloria, how do we feel about the data?
0: I feel like I am slightly frustrated, just so slightly frustrated with people that claim that retinol is so well-studied and it's <laughs> so much better than retinol because honestly, like for every episode, we have to pick and Victor and I have to pick and choose the available mm-hmm. data and show you guys what we think is the most interesting papers. Yeah. It didn't take us that long to choose the papers because there are only so many and they're all very recent. Yeah. So ultimately, is retinol interesting promising almost as a chemist challenge to encapsulate stabilize and deliver benefits sure yeah but so early
1: you just can't say that it's better than retinol totally um and then you know again i think we've talked about this before is whenever there's buzz uh it the the industry always tries to run before it can walk so this is kind of that scenario in a way although it has the backing of retinoid understanding that you know it's kind of like feels a little bit more established but you know so if they're giving you hard numbers the 10x numbers the x percent more you know we would say that's all pretty we're, we're pretty skeptical at this point and uh let's hope they have some testing to back that up
0: yep um, and I just really want to say that retinol uh, Retinol in general Most of the paper does focus on wrinkle reduction yeah. Um. There isn't a lot of papers looking more Aggressively, more rigorously with things like Hyperpigmentation, so yeah. that's probably Definitely not for those of you looking
1: for that That's a really good point
0: Alright, we're going to take a really quick break before we get into The product landscape and how to use retinol In your routine <laughs> The Animal Fun Fact is back <laughs> All right, this week is about the woodpeckers. All snap. These adorable red headed birds you may have seen aggressively drilling into trees for their afternoon snack. But have you ever wondered why woodpeckers don't get concussions, even though they can peck as fast as 20 pecks per second? Never thought that, but sure, yes. <laughs> it, it turns out. Why don't they get constant concussions? <laughs> why, that's a great question, Victoria. <laughs> it turns out woodpeckers are packed <laughs> with <laughs> safety cushions in their biology, from an inner eyelid that holds their eyeballs in place to spongy bones that can absorb more shock and a really long tongue. It is so long. I used to think, I've always known that they have a long tongue. I used to think it's just to get to the bugs in the trees, but when it pulls back, it wraps around their brain. That image is so (laughs) So foul. Yes, it is. It's like a... It really literally is that. Their tongue can be as long as a third of their body length and wrap around their brains to help cushion the blow. In fact, researchers are still looking at woodpecker biology to help inspire future generations of shock-absorbing equipment. Very cool.
1: thank you guys you're welcome (laughs) fun fact if you guys win trivia because of us let us know (laughs) (laughs) yep so check out um google woodpecker tongues if you're curious that's it tongues that wrap brains Mm. Mm. (laughs) it's it's quite an image (laughs) stuff of nightmares thanks (laughs) gloria you're
0: welcome all right right. we are back let's get into right now in your routine cool
1: so all right. I feel,
0: like, I feel like the meat was a little Debbie Downery. You're right. <laughs> this is almost like, wait, we didn't put you off and you still want to try, try it? Awesome. Let's, <laughs> let's go.
1: <laughs> okay. Yes. We should address the question is, after all that, yeah. when would you use retinol? Okay. There's definitely a cohort that don't do well with retinol. Mm-hmm. And you're looking for a retinol alternatives. Yeah. And I think that's a fair avenue to wander down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think the other thing too is, Everyone says retinol. Retinol is so much more gentle than retinol.
0: You know, the funny thing is that I've heard this claim in both directions of the retinol receptor spectrum. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so much. It's like tretinoin strength without the irritation. And they're like, oh, it's more effective and more gentle than retinol. I'm like, how is it all these Everyone things? I just really? hates retinol. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: mm. yeah. But... um, I think just to kind of hone in on the fact that there's a lot of it we still don't understand and the percentages. And I want to say encapsulation does really help. And it's also why retinol is now a lot more well-received because of that encapsulation aspect. Mm -hmm. So definitely worth a try if you're looking for an alternative. Um, However, and I was going to end on this, but I think we should just start with it, is that if you are happy with your retinoid situation, whatever it is, whatever you're using, there's no need to switch to this new guy
0: just You're yet. not missing
1: out yet. yeah yeah you're yeah. not okay. missing out yet um there's still a lot we don't understand okay so with that let's talk about when you go to shop for retinol first of all what percentage to target okay so <laughs>
0: <laughs> with the available data set we'll say at least 0.05 mm-hmm. um that seems to be the starting point for a lot of researchers but again based on the data that we're seeing 0.05 is really mild um and in terms of efficacy it might be claimed like 10X. So you might think of it as a 0.5% retinol, but we would say that this is probably no. equivalent to a 0.1% retinol max.
1: Probably. Yeah. And also keep in mind that some of these studies are using it twice a day, yeah. which I think is quite important. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then in terms of how to use, um, we're going to say it's, it, use it similar to your retinal products. Um, you know, a lot of these are going to be coming in emulsion forms. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are quite yellow, I must say.
0: Yeah, it's super yellow. Actually, you know, what's interesting is in that encapsulation paper that I looked at from the, really, from the beginning of the episode, yeah. they have a picture of showcasing that this encapsulation technology actually helped Right now, disperse bettering formulas. And the concoction is this sweater yellow, <laughs> this mustardy, very, very Glora bright yellow. In solidarity with red noise yeah. right now. And you guys are wondering why the hell I wore this color. It's for right now. It's a great color. Yeah. So a lot of them are this yellow, creamy, flingy.
1: I also find it funny. your coffee cup, she's like really in the mood. I'm just diving <laughs> in. I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. So um, you're going to want to use it um, after your serums and before your oils and balms. And I think one thing we want to add is we did try to scour the retinal landscape as of now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we've already given you, you know, what percentage to aim for 0.05 to 0.1%, probably a good starting point. Um, If you find any clinicals, I would go with that. Peach and Lily, they have a 0.1% retinol and they did do a clinical. Mm -hmm. Um, We won't go through the results, but I just want to point you and we'll, we'll give you a couple products to kind of give you an idea of the space. Um, So that would be one you can look at, look Mm -hmm. at their claims. In terms of the space, you have Naturium who offers actually a 0.05 and a 0.1% retinol to high, which I think is very cool. Um, Try the 0.05%, especially if you have sensitive, dry, or just like haven't had a really good uh, experience with retinoids Mm -hmm. in general. E.L.F. also has a retinol, but weirdly enough, it's blended. So it comes with a 0.06% retinol with a 1% granactive retinoid. I gotta be honest, I'm not into blends with retinol to hide just yet. Me
0: too. I think I agree with that. I also feel like with retinoids in general, when we are seeing a lot more blends of different mm-hmm. retinoids especially these new age ones mm-hmm. i just feel like it's a very non-committal way of like buying insurance policy it's like <laughs> one of these retinoids gotta, do, gotta, something. gotta do something
1: right? something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good point um and then finally you to the people they do offer a 0.15% retinal which is the highest on the list yes um and funny enough one of our friends at tarenversinger5926 <laughs> She actually happened to ask if we were going to talk about retinol. We got you. And wanted to know they're actually in between uh, choosing retinols. Mm-hmm. They're trying to figure out if they should move from their 0.1% retinaldehyde by Neuterium mm-hmm. to the 0.15% stabilized retinol plus niacinamide serum by You to the People.
0: I think so. First of all, um, as we mentioned in this episode, your retinol. Has to be encapsulated. There mm-hmm. is just no way that naked, naked right now is going to survive. Um, oh, and the thing is, that kind of technology is usually pre proprietary. What type of encapsulation they're using. You just can't really tell based on just ingredient list. Even for us, sometimes there are some telltale signs. Sometimes it can be hard to pick up.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, I would want to ask also, like skin concern wise, what's your goal? Yeah. Um, like Laura mentioned before, right now a lot of the data we see is really good outlook for wrinkles, mm-hmm. um, skin resurfacing, and texture. That all seems to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Hyperpigmentation, it we haven't seen enough data yet, and then <laughs> that might come out in the future. But um, think about your goals, and then if you're wanting to upgrade because you'd like to oomph add some oomph to the results you know maybe yeah then maybe that's worth a try or you could look at a retinol <laughs> 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 yes
0: uh, yeah but between these two products that's uh we have the ingredient list pulled we'll put yeah. that up real fast one of the things that kind of jumped out to me is that we pulled both of these ingredient lists they have relatively similar levels to it um we See a lot more supporting cast around the youth with people formula. It does come with 5% niacinamide, which could help with that brightening aspect that retinol may or may not be super helpful for. Um, it also has the classic ceramide blend somewhere in there. It's a pretty nourishing formula all around. We see cyclodextrin, which could be that component that helps stabilize the retina, the retinol. But that's not to say that the nutrient one isn't. It's just, again, like I mentioned, these which retinol tech they're using isn't super super clear to us so ultimately is it worth the price hike and also um to get 0.05 percent more rent now maybe it, it it does seem like a heavier hitting formula um so that's where we'll, where we'll leave that
1: yeah so i think you know if you've been seeing great results with retinaldehyde, you want to bump it up Worth mm-hmm. a try yeah if you i don't know i guess the only time maybe you wouldn't want to is because maybe you're still feeling like you're not you know yeah I guess you're still dealing with maybe some side effects dryness or whatnot um then maybe it's just you're not quite ready yet but yeah yeah so yeah (laughs) i gotta i gotta be honest i think this category is just uh it's just budding yeah i think there's gonna be so many more launches coming And it'll be very interesting to see how this landscape expands. And of course, Gloria and I will also be monitoring a lot of the ingredients side, the behind the scenes side to see what happens with this category. And it's gonna change. So hopefully this just gives you an idea of just even where to start, where to look. Um, but otherwise, I think we should do some Q&A because we've been getting a lot of questions. Yep, this is gonna be a new
0: segment that's hopefully here to stay on the podcast. Yeah. We're gonna do a rapid fire style of your questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually pull these on our Instagram stories. So definitely follow us there and kind of check out our stories here and there. We try to pull these out. Actually, I shouldn't I shouldn't give you guys a day of the week. These come up randomly here and there. Um, But yeah, definitely drop your questions there. You can definitely drop us questions on YouTube as mm-hmm. well. But <clears throat> let's dive into it. Our first your questions answered segment.
1: All right. So at AC.Narmala05, she asks. she or he asks, do we have enough data about retinol? No. No. <laughs> Moving on.
0: Very, very, very sparse compared to more classic ones like retinol, Adapling, and tretinoin, the first three we covered this year. So definitely
1: not really. But we imagine more to come. Yes. All right. Next question. At Kenzie Genist asks, can it be used with sensitive skin slash paraoral dermatitis?
0: Uh, Well, I will say the clinicals we all pulled, all of them say no adverse side effects reported. But remember, they're very small. And these aren't necessarily tested on people with reported sensitive skin. So we'll say, still proceed with caution. It is probably a little bit more gentle than your retinol and then tretinoin, but it's so formula dependent and so new. Definitely, still patch test and acclimate your skin.
1: Yeah. So maybe start with a .05, try it maybe twice, three times a week. See how skin does. Increase frequency. Yep. All right. Last question. This is from at Bert Meyer. At oh, sorry, I was blown away by this. Okay, at Bert Meyer. Can a low, I guess, a low amount of a retinoid convert back to retinal ester in the skin?
0: Uh, Theoretically, yes. Those reactions are two-way street. Uh, Is it useful after it becomes, it turns back to retinal ester? Does it eventually come back and interact with your receptors? Does it stay there?
1: Does your skin store for a long time?
0: There's nothing really on it.
1: (laughs) So, yeah. Awesome. this is kind of a fun science question. We appreciate it. I just want to know was this like a shower question? Like, did shower on the shower like, thought? Oh, but does it go backwards? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, the train does roll back both directions all at the same time. As you put on
1: retinal right face we're like, hmm. Are you turning your it... retinal palm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going back to sleep as the dormant retinal palm? Wake up, wake up. <laughs> Great question. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's the end of this episode. We hope it's helpful and at least just a place to start in mm-hmm. the retinal landscape. Yep. All right. So with that, where can they find us, Gloria?
0: You can find us on Instagram at chemist.confessions. The story pools sometimes have our questions. <laughs> um, you can write to us at info at chemistconfessions.com. Our website is chemistconfessions.com. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.